by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to dance now. Hi. Hi, everybody around the world, our fans. Uh, Chuck Rosen uh, with Beverly Hills 90210 Show. It's uh, been a rough day, and we wanted to start it um, with acknowledging that. Certainly, um, it's one of the things when you do a show, whether the show is the actual Beverly Hills 90210 or the Beverly Hills 90210 show, is that you um, that you, uh, you you know you're the diversion, you're the re- you know we're the entertainment, we're here for that, and and. We had it. We were filming when the Gulf War started. We were filming Palm Springs Weekend. We were writing the third season just of the Beverly Hills Beach Club and Brenda and Don and Paris when the Rodney King riots and uprisings happened all over Los Angeles. And I wanted to wear this particular uh, piece of the fleece. This was from a show I produced for Showtime in Toronto. And uh, we were working on September 11th, 2001. So we are about the show going on, and I wanted to um, make uh, read you something that I wrote to the crew right at the, for Christmas in 1993, thanking them for a great year. And this was just part of it, but you know, and I think it's appropriate for today. And then I will throw it back to Pete, and we'll get everything started. But a show that gives so many people so much pleasure that I can't help but see it as anything other than a handcrafted gift we give to an edgy world longing to be connected, entertained, and loved by good friends. That's how it was in 90210, and that's how it is with the 90210 show. So on that note, Pete, come on back. All right. Yes. Uh, good. Very nice uh, opening, and uh, I'm glad that we're here today to uh, present something for everybody who wants a little bit of a distraction from this crazy world that we're in. Uh, Going to bring up our friends, Larry Mullen and Melanie. Hey guys. Uh, Hello. We have a special show that Larry is handcrafting. <laughs> the Planet Nine, the Planet 90210 show, because we realize we have so many great fans around the world that they can't interact with us because they're in other time zones. They're, you know, international. So what we're going to do on January 27th, which is a Wednesday, we're going to broadcast our show live at noon, which is for Europe prime time. Like for example, in Amsterdam, it's nine in London is eight in Athens. It's 10 in Jerusalem. It's 11. You guys stay up for that one. That's the only one you got to give me. Stay up. They drink, you know, the tea, the coffee. They're in the coffee house. They're in it. You know, (laughs) our friends in Australia, it's 7 a.m. Tokyo, 11 a.m. I, I, I cleared it with Australia. They said they'd be up for a first seven. Buenos Aires, it's 5 p.m. Sao Paulo. These are places where we have fans. I'm acknowledging you guys. Calgary, it's 1 p.m., Kristen. Um, uh, <laughs> and we've got uh, Germany. We've got France. We've got uh, Greece, I said. Uh, yeah. Ireland. You know, it's going to be great. Now, the thing is, there are other people that we don't have. And I wanted, we want to get your email addresses so we can send you how to get involved in the show. We want to, this is a show as a celebration of why you started watching the show. We want to know who you are and what, what is your obsession with the show and, and who you really like and what, what kind of questions you have for us. So it's really going to be a great opportunity. Uh, we're calling it the planet 90210 show. We think that kind of mm-hmm. rings. Yeah. It's copyrighted if anyone else uh, is interested in. <laughs> um, and, and that's it. 
Uh, you guys have a great show today. I, I was Thank thrilled. You, I got to watch that show that Chuck and Karen wrote and Jim Whitmore directed. And, and Luke just is a tour de force. It's it's just unbelievable what he does in this thing. And I've got one. Don't forget to ask my question, Pete. And Melanie, it. everything else is good. But we're going to really expand our planet to Nana Tuino. Anyway, that's it, guys. Have a great one. On that note, we're going to say goodbye to Larry. And Bye, Larry. Bye-bye. And right. we're going to bring on our other cast of characters here because I know everybody wants to see these guys. Right? How about this Absolutely. crew? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> All right. Oh, hi. Oh, my goodness. Blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is pounding and swelling, and watching Aww. this episode brought tears to my eyes in the best of ways. Um, uh, hi. Yeah. Oh, my God. So happy to see you. <laughs> I want to try to turn this up. Sorry, it I almost couldn't get on the signal uh, in the evening around here. is a little tough to get. So, I'm Josh, yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear we you. We can Josh. hear you, Josh. Oh, can you hear me? Oh, good. Oh, oh yeah, you like, can loud and clear. So I look like I look like I'm in a cave. I swear I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you in Planet Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yes. Hi, Josh. Hi, Valerie. That when I see you, I get so happy, and then I miss you afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> and of course, that's true for all of you. And uh, thank you so much for having me and including me in this. And uh, so many memories. Uh, awesome. in, in some ways, it feels like yesterday, and in some ways, it feels like eons ago. So, uh, right. All right, hey Chuck, Chuck. Why don't we get into talking about this episode? And I think I always start like to start with you because, uh, well, you mostly executive produced and wrote most of this stuff with your lovely wife, the better half, maybe sometimes, right? Most of the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about writing this? these episodes dead end and um you know getting into this storyline of what was going to happen with jack and dylan and um the fbi and then bringing in james and all that stuff why don't you kind of set this up for well, us well know that, that that when we pitched back in the high life again which was which was uh you know jack mckay getting out of prison this storyline was part of that package Okay. So we always knew we were going to have a car blow up, and we were, knew we were going to go to this kind of unique emotional episode where we would be dealing with, uh, uh, you know, a character's, out of trauma and grief, a character's inner child. Hmm. The stuff that makes us all crazy, that made us crazy when we were 8, 9, nine 10, 11, that we all have at different places and, and wanted to, to address that. So, Karen, you had had some experience doing that kind of writing. Yeah, I mentioned that, and we did a watch along with Peter, and uh, you know that I had started playwriting and had done. Um, <clears throat> I loved the idea of exploring the characters' uh, ego with the ego id and super ego all present on stage, and I'd done some some uh, sketches based on that, and that's where this really came out of, that it, it, that I knew that it worked to have wow. that kind of interior um, part of the psyche uh, put into human form and engaging with the character, and that there's, there's a, you know, that it made for, for a good, good watch, actually. So that's where that came from. So Dead End, the one that precedes the child is the father to the man, um, is one that has, it, and we can't even feature all of the clips today. When we watched it, <clears throat> it Pete and I, what are we going to put on today? And what, Which ones should we use? There was just so much love and family and, and wonderful stuff from, from the both of you um, that that was there, that was part of the the um, uh, the, 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 the setting up the looking at the other way not expecting there to be this acts of violence but once that clicks in the show takes on a whole other realm i think that's maybe one of the first clips you got the first clip is of them in the opening at dead end when they get into the they come out of the car and they're i'll just play. funny 
I know you're excited about this boat, but considering how cold it is and what the weatherman's predicting... Oh, come on, there is not a cloud in the sky. Besides, there's one thing I learned in the joint is to live each day like it might be your last because you never know. Jack, don't be so morbid. Uh, I can't help it. It's just his nature. <laughs> come on, let's go. Hmm. That's what you're talking about, Chuck? That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but really, the one where the uh, where they starts where where um, Jack starts to tell Dylan about what his uh, situation is. I have that in when he when the FBI agent comes in. I have that one on the boat. Is that what you want it? Yeah. Why not? We go jump sure. right into that one. Sure. That's, Look, uh, I know I didn't discuss this with you or anything, but this thing with Christine and me. Are you all right with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm great with that. I just. Uh... I'm really happy for you. Good. Good, I'm glad. You know, there's so much... There's so many things I wish I could tell you. Jack, anytime you want to talk to me. Well, I can't tell you everything right now. At least... At least not... You know, at least not all of it. It's okay. How about just the first part, you know? Jack McKay, the early years. I think we better interrupt this bedtime story. Yeah, yeah, world. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty. You got to roll in the mud with the pigs. So, what are you telling me that uh, you know a couple of bad guys? Yeah, yeah, a couple. Dylan, there is something that, or something I haven't exactly been one hundred percent clear about with you, and I just wanted to talk to you about that. Excuse me, Mr. McKay. Uh, can I speak to you for a moment? Can't wait. Afraid not. Hey, it's okay. I'm not going anywhere. I thought you understood how this game was going to be played. What are you talking about? I'm talking about keeping your mouth shut. Look, I can't keep lying to him. I've got to tell him what's going on. Let me assure you. You say one word to your son about our little arrangement. I doubt if either one of you will come out of this thing alive. Better, Chuck? At break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you, do you remember um, these kind of moments, Josh? When you look back at it, see it now, what do you what are you thinking? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, first of all, congratulations on the right. When I was watching, I was going, "Damn, this writing's good." <laughs> uh, and, uh, no, I do remember uh, uh, a lot of it, and uh, and uh, a lot of things came back to me. And uh, uh, I one of them, just on a joking side, I remember a lot of. Production assistants came out, you know, and they were hanging around. I kind of teased them, and I said, "Yeah, you guys don't come out when we do heavy acting stuff, but when I get blown up in a car, you come out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was there that day. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you were there too, right? Uh, but I do remember a lot of that, and uh, and and working with Valerie, and and my God, just watching Luke uh, was extraordinary. Just to see him again. And uh, and that scene where we did the, the take me back to the ball game, which suddenly mm -hmm. we had, that, we had he and I had so much fun rehearsing that thing. Mm -hmm. We had a ball with that, and when we read it and said, I, we both said, "God, we love this thing." And uh, so it was just it was things like that that came back to me, and and my uh, when I proposed to Valerie, and, yeah. Uh, Kind of came out of like, un, you know, kind of. It was just. Uh, it brought back a lot of memories. I remember being on that boat and that the whole day. And uh, and I know one of the things. If I'm not taking too much of no. time here, um, I remember one of the things that I have always appreciated that you all did was you called me over to a meeting. I think it was on Wilshire or whatever, and told me uh, what was the game plan was. And I appreciated you being, uh, trusting my confidence that much uh, 
and you said don't tell anybody and uh, um, oh we had so many leaks in our on our hair and makeup that the national Enquirer until we we actually finally plugged it up but but for a long time they just had us yeah they, they had moles <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't believe i told my family for a year so so josh uh, yeah did, I, I always appreciated that you I did was. know going into the storyline where it was going to go and the fbi informant and and all and all that stuff you had all of that information given to yeah, you yeah the car blowing up and uh and all of that um can I talk further? Or yeah, you, sure. Or when you do this show, well, all the people know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Well, why don't we do? Why don't you go to it? Why don't we? Because you're going to talk about the blowing up, right, Josh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, when you guys told me that this was all witness protection, you know, and uh, and I had to keep that quiet. That was not easy. I mean, especially with Luke, you know, it was like. Cause, and then they had kind of a good, you know, goodbye crew thing and cast thing for me there. And everybody I'm hugging and all this. And Well, this is it. This is the, <laughs> this I'm, I'm coming back. But. <laughs> yeah, this is a good this is a good time to to bring this story up, I think. And it was one of our 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 fans um, had, had contacted me privately and said, um he wanted me to to address the the idea of you coming what did i think about you coming back in season 9 as that you were alive now you'll notice when we show the the, the sequence and the car blows up that you never actually see you in the car or even get into the car you're mm -hmm. we we cut away before that because I always thought that it was a kind of a sting and let people come out and this. And I had fully intended to bring your character back pretty soon. In yeah, fact, yeah. I talked to Larry about if I if we would have stuck around for season six, that's probably what we would have focused on, the great reveal of this. And I told Luke, and Luke went, and, and, and really, you know, and, and he and I, we had a, a wonderful vision, but he knew I knew where to get him and he knew where to get me. And on that, he went, Oh, that is such a soap opera thing, you know, to bring the back the dead, this and the brother in law, and they were late. And so I went, Oh, and he was on a soap opera, he was unloving. So I went, oh, Okay, so we're not going to do that. And there, when we go, we got tough. Of course, you did that. Right. We, yeah. we and that's what you told me happen, you were going to you know? do. And uh, yeah, it was the intention. And, and I think yeah, your I intention I was that. that. And I think that's about the time that Luke took off for a year or two, right? That's right. Yeah, he took off for a couple of years. Yeah. But anyway, in setting that up, we, we've got that. Yeah. Uh, we've got that I want to show that sequence. And this is for James, too, because this is a sequence that you guys put together to tell everybody sort of what happened in, in, uh, in Dead End. So here is that sequence, and there's a bunch to talk about here. Comments being made here, uh, our friend. You know, but that's what it makes sense. So you cut it off. There's no inner child. That first scene we didn't go into. Seen the at the nightmare? No, not yet. Yes, I. So, so, um, Jim, do you remember before the day that we blew that car up? You were there, right? You, you, you were at that boat that day. Do you, do you have a recollection of that? Jim, Who did you ask? Mr. Wittor? You, no, 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 I was not. I don't think I was. You know how I know you? there's one story that I have to refresh your memory on this that that it, it is interesting about this putting together the inner child, which was that when Karen and I originally wrote the story and presented it to Mr. Spelling, we expected to try to find a, a, an incredibly talented 11 year old kid or 12 year old kid or right. something like that. 
And Spelling said it's going to be hard to do that. And he realized, well, we can have <coughs> Luke play both parts. He can play the kid and this thing. <clears throat> so you're talking to Luke on the day that the car is going to blow up because that's the day I was there and it was very rainy and cold and all of that. And he asked you, why did the Rosens give all the good lines to the kid and not me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's a true story. <laughs> okay. Do you remember it all? No, buddy. I don't. You know what? That was a hell of a long time ago, Chuck. Yeah, I, sure was. I remember. I mean, I watched that show today, and it was like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. And I was. And I, this has happened a couple of times with your guys' show. I, that show we made in Mexico, I had forgotten the adventures we had down there. We had some amazing adventures in Mexico. And this show was the first time I'd ever worked with you guys. And you had, exactly. you had come and we had a cup of coffee and I was really knocked out my ass. Excuse me for saying the bad word. Uh, I was really knocked out by your passion for these characters. You know, I, I had a, my own little sort of preconception about 90210. And when you, I, I talked to you, I said, I got to work with these guys because this guy's amazing. He really cares about these people. And so when I got to the show and got this particular script, which was, I think you described to me the day we met, it was extraordinary what an opportunity it was. And then you don't know what you're dealing with. I thought you a bunch of kids. You know, you're dealing with a bunch of young actors. You don't know where they're coming from. And Luke, I mean, I'll say it till the day I die. He was the most committed, most passionate thespian I've ever worked with in my life. He wanted nothing more than to be a great actor. He wanted to explore, he wanted to go deep, he wanted to he wanted to take chances, he wanted to tell the truth. And when he got the chance to play those two guys, and I'm watching today, it's not easy to do what he did. It, you know, because we had a guy reading off camera for him. We had a, you know, a double, a photo double, we could shot over. Then we had an actor who read off camera to him. It, it, he was talking to, it, it, was, it, it, he, it was very, very brilliant stuff he did. And the stuff that you guys wrote was extraordinarily moving, dude. I mean, this is just, if you would talk about the day we're living in today, right mm. now, there's sort of unrequited grief abounding in this place. Luke Perry was a, his character was a broken hearted kid, completely bereft of hope, completely alone in the world. And you guys told the story of healing. You guys told the story of, of what community can do to help you live what community can do to bring you back, what community can do to heal you. And it was a beauty. And it was so, it was like a haiku. It was so simple, you know, and I, I still, you know, anytime I watch one of these shows, I forget how, how incredibly gifted Jenny Garth was, mm. how moving old crazy Shannon was. I mean, these were, these were deeply, I don't know how you cast the show because you found extraordinary energy to put together in that, in that show. And this, I was very moved. I was deeply moved by this show. I was crying at the end of this one. Like I, I, every time I watch one of your shows, I start crying like a schmuck. And the reality is, you guys went for stuff. You went for deep, emotional stuff. And you had very simple, honest actors exploring your material. Uh, I don't know that that doesn't answer any question anybody asked me. But the reality is, that's what I felt watching this show today. And it's a gift. What you guys did was a gift. You know, I, I had to go to a rehab one time for for codependency, and I explored that whole inner child idea. And it's a deeply powerful reality, mm. who we how we're formed when we're children, and what we carry with us until we get to look like you and me, Chuck. At this point, <laughs> I mean, you look good. I'm I just look good now. But you know what I'm saying? This is a very powerful idea, and 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 the idea of that community, those people, that love they shared. Was a very powerful thing, and it, and it, it, and I was also a drunk. So I mean, the idea of taking a drink, <laughs> big deal too. That had, and it wasn't those. It, it was a perfect show for a guy like me to direct. Well, can, I, I sort of can I throw one thing in there? Sure. You brought that up. I had never. I didn't. I didn't remember watching that show, the follow-up show. I did remember a couple things about it, but I didn't. I'd forgotten about the inner child. And the way that Luke played the two characters, and I will say the same thing. I thought, damn, he really did a hell of a job. It's extraordinary. But you guys, that was such a great idea. And then I'm like, Jim, at the end of it, I'm crying. You know, when he goes over and hugs his little yeah. child, that's well, him. You put the little, put the little right. kid in at exactly the right moment. Yeah. And one thing I will say also when watching both those shows is I went, you know what? No wonder this show was such a big phenomenon. It had weight to it. 
This yeah. wasn't just. Thank you, Josh. Away. Yes. Thank you. Well, I remember. I remember, like maybe the time, maybe ten years ago, twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, long after I was out for the show, and the show was, I think, out of production. Somebody wrote me something and said that the last true teenage show that we did was before the one before you get out of prison. And once you get back to highlight, it moves into it. The show moves. It moved into a different realm, you know, of of because. Uh, you know whether there's the because we could the exploitation of you know a what your one of your leads father gets blown up uh, like this um, you know is we we went from more of you know a, a, as as Jay's point out the healing element of it what what do you do with that mm. because we want to keep going but you're still scarred with that mm-hmm. but that stuff never goes away sure. Uh, trauma or that it's there it's a question of how you it, it gets balanced so you know that was always uh where the where the focus was and, and for me looking at it after all these years again the, the one that really stood out karen was the was when um the inner child is tormenting dylan during the service mm-hmm. and it, it almost seems like it's it's your mind, it's almost sacrilege that, that you're thinking that and it goes, you know, that he's going to that place or that this kid is makes himself available at that place. I have to be honest with you, in looking at this back as the writer, I uh, this is Child is the Father to the Man episode, I I was surprised that the kid was so snarky. Like, I didn't remember making him so, um, he said things that we would hope that the, that the mature Luke or the ego of Luke wouldn't have, have, um, have thought that nobody likes you and da, 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 all those things. But that is, that's the divisiveness of it. That's our little, the little fearful child in us, a little scared child in us that, it, you know, needs the defenses and all of that. And what I really liked in, in reviewing it was that scene with David uh, Silver with Brian Austin Green and yeah, Luke. And this is what Jim Whitmore just said about the community healing. Thank you for pointing that out, James, because I didn't really, I didn't really look at it that way. And it's a lovely thematic thing that you said, but here comes David, who, who's had almost the least contact with, with, with Dylan. And, and he, saw someone die with a shotgun. That was our, our Dan Addius episode when uh, Scott was, was killed. So he really had something to share. He really had that moment of, uh, I kind of know what that feels like a little bit, not my father, but still. And, um, and, and I know that the two actors were very good friends um, and became mm. even closer over time. And so I, I really loved watching that scene back then. And having yeah. We got a bunch of stuff, right? Right, Pete? We got a bunch of... I've got every clip that was just referenced in the... In the- <laughs> yeah, let's go, ahead. We got Valerie, too. So, so let's do... Uh, well, because- I, I just want to throw in real quick. Go ahead, Josh. I want to thank you for giving me someone like Valerie to go undercover with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie's been trying to do something, I think. But before yeah, we go I to was just going to say, not even related to that scene. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Uh, yep. It's yes. just how beautiful the casting was with Josh and Luke. I mean, if that wasn't really believable as father and son. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Sometimes I looked at you both and I went, but they're father and son completely. A lot of actors, really terrific actors, did not want to come in to work on 90210. But the wonderful clients of Roe Diamond always were, were sent to us, and we're left, always really thankful to her for, for, for introducing us to you and, and, and others of her. So before we get into and some the chemistry, of- the feeling of knowing Josh forever, that was amazing, you know, in all those scenes to walk in, and we immediately created a history and a bond, and uh, it, it just made it so moving, and... Um, you made me feel so comfortable, as did Luke and all of you. Uh, but there was definitely that heart thing and that that chemistry between us two. I'll, I'll tell you something uh, that's kind of funny is that one of the things that I was gonna I was nervous about is how the heck am I gonna get that spoon to stick on my nose? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually yeah. had my stepkids teaching me how to do it. So, uh, mm-hmm. but um, as you know, as you know, Chuck and 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 Peter and Karen, I did not know till I was driving to the set uh, that day that. Um, 
that uh, Jack may or may not be dead. And I did not know that I was a secret agent and that I worked until later too. So that was so dramatic and impactful to me on so many levels. To talk you to talk about blowing up the car before we get into this stuff, we skipped kind of skipped over that. Well, let me That's exactly. Let's, deal. Let's, yeah. I want to get your point on that too, uh, James, because you know we didn't do that. Nano was not known for its stunts, so this mm -hmm. was our my the biggest one we had done. That's why we all came out to look at it and stuff. We <laughs> got that, you know, like you're gonna blow a car up and there's acting gonna happen in this. All I remember is just everything. It's one take. It's one thing. We got the camera. Yeah. The camera. The camera's here. The camera's here. The camera. He runs into this, you know, and uh, with, with yeah. Jeff Melvin, another terrific director. And he, um, you know, it, 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 and that's a scary thing, right, for a director as well as a producer. It, 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 that Because if it blew up, it was, if the camera wasn't there, well, you know, we'd be in, we'd be in serious trouble. Too. Deep trouble, yeah. Nothing to it. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, Josh, see. Were you there that day, Josh? When they what was your, in your career? Do you remember what was your biggest explosion? What, what was the biggest boom? No, he's talking to James, real quick. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. We did a bunch of them. Uh, gosh, I guess it was on it was on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. A car, a, two cars cr crashed into each other and exploded, and a stuntman flew out of one car over the other car in Bourbon Street with 10,000 people standing nearby. That was that was the probably the most irresponsible stunt we ever did. Yeah, nothing to it. Nothing to it. <laughs> uh, but for, for Josh, were you there the day that they did the, the blow up of the car? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was getting the production assistance. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now you come out. You know. but, uh, yeah. No, you I don't have that. Out. I was like there when things. they did that, and, and it was... Uh, a strange feeling, actually, you know. And then, uh, then watching the next show is kind of a strange feeling because you're watching your funeral. So yeah, watching yourself die is always very strange. Yeah, watching yourself die, and then it, supposedly, but right. uh, yeah, it was. But it was also I was having as much, you know. I mean, it was fascinating <laughs> to me too. Watching. Well, another show. thing, you know, given given that we were a teen show. Yeah. But the, really, the focus, too, was, you know, and an interesting thing is how Brenda dealt with, with trauma and how Kelly dealt with it or couldn't deal with it. I think you got some stuff on that, Pete. I do. I want to show the Dylan in the church thing that you referred to earlier, okay, church, great, because great. I really think it's a pretty powerful scene. Uh, and I wanted to ask James about shooting this. What can you say about a man who had everything and lost it? about a man who may not have realized what he had. Was he blind or a What is he gonna say? Huh? Is he was gonna say that he was a wise man, man, that he was a kind man, that he had ideas, vision? Perhaps what are you gonna tell him? Are you gonna tell him what a great father he was? I Devoted husband, model citizen. May the Lord rest Are you gonna tell them that they killed him but he didn't really deserve to die? Come on. Dylan. How do you feel? Do you want to say anything? Huh? Because the truth is, they whacked him because he was a bad guy. So if you want to share that with all these people here, then you'd be my guest. No. I don't. He's so good. Uh, James, do you remember shooting some of that? Sure. I, I, I mean, do I remember shooting it? Vaguely. But I, <laughs> but I do remember what it's about, you know, and, and what we talked about a lot in that picture, because Luke's character was so disenfranchised. He was so alone. He was like, he was like, he was like, that's the guy you created was this strange lone wolf. He was a lone wolf because he, he really didn't feel comfortable anywhere, you know, and now his old man is dead and he's the old man who he barely knew anyway. And the first thought that comes to your mind is, it's my fault. It's my fault the old man doesn't love me. It's my fault that the old man is a gangster. It's my fault that he's dead. It's my fault because I'm no damn good. 
I'm no damn good. And I think that's a key to all of our lives. And I think that Luke and I got into a very interesting thing with that because that's why the, that's why Luke was who he was because he, he was, he was insecure. He was afraid. He, he didn't think he fit in anywhere. Mm. And that's what that scene was about, as I recall. So there's somebody, you, you kind of talked about this. There's somebody giving, shoot, shooting Luke the lines and he has to react to those lines. Right. And they're probably not saying them the way, you know, Luke will. Well, I know we did a, we made a point of getting an actor. We, okay. and whenever, and we, the, we, you had to do this from time to time in the, in the industry we're in. You got a guy playing opposite each other, playing two, you know, playing two parts in a show. And you, and the ideal thing was to get a good actor to play the off camera and then get a photo double to be in the shots. Two different guys. Mm-hmm. And so you, you had somebody that could give him what he needed. From the, and, and then you, you, you then you talk it over and you rehearsed it. And, and Luke would play both sides of the scene before we'd shoot it. And then we start shooting it. You know, it, it's 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 kind of an interesting experiment, really. Oh, it's fascinating. Um, did you have to do anything to get some of this out of Luke? Or is it, you know, I'm always curious. Of course you do. Of course you do. But it's it's, it's not like you're, you're, you're pulling it out of a stone. You're working, you're working, you're talking, you're trying. What about, what about this? What about that? Hold on, wait a minute. I mean, the, the classic example, I, I, I think I shared this before when we did the show about when, when uh, what's her name, uh, his wife died. Yeah. Killed by, by, by uh, Stanley, uh, whatever his yeah. name was. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wanted to cry. He wanted to cry when he held that little, that, that little uh, that cat in his arms. And he was crying so hard to cry. And look, and you know, you know, Josh, this is going to be nothing to you. But the reality was with, with Luke, he was, he was a young actor and he was trying to cry. And I said, all you got to do to cry, pal, is to breathe and relax. Breathe and relax. And I think any of you guys try that. Just close your eyes and breathe and relax, given the world we're living in and what it feels like to be a human being. The tears <laughs> And it worked with Luke. It worked. You know. But that's the one. But my job is to just help. My job is just to, you know, to help, to give suggestions. Luke, was he was all over that stuff like a tall dog. You know, he... he I don't know what that means anyway, but yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> John, about the scene where you guys did take me out to the ball game, the one thing that I think everybody, you know, sticks to is that hug at the end of the take me out of the ball game. There is this authenticity that you both have wrapped up in that hug. Um, do you you're feeling that in the moment of doing it? Do you feel that when it's coming across to you? Or what is that ex- experience like for you as an actor? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that was actually, the song was fun, but that was why Luke and I think we really look forward to that scene so much. So we could, we actually had that moment. And, uh, mm-hmm. and no, you, you absolutely do feel, I feel it now. <laughs> and, uh, it, and, and I was, after not having seen it for a long time, uh, I was like, you know, sometimes after you go, oh, I should have done it, you know. But I looked at that scene and, and his reaction and my reaction, our reaction to each other, and uh, I was very proud of that. And uh, and it really uh, it actually had me, you know, teared and, up. And there's one thing, too. There's a, you give an expression, Josh, at one point, it's, and you hold, and it's almost as if you're, you know how I can interpret it. That the way with is that, well, this is going to be the last hug because tomorrow yes. we're going to do this faint car bomb and you won't see me for a while. Exactly. You're actually saying goodbye at that moment. I don't. <laughs> that's you know, what it is. That, yeah, and absolutely. that's what, that was, and that's that, what came across. I mean, so I think that's what yeah. maybe we're told. We, you know, that's we, part of what Jack went over. Really, no doubt. When yeah. I'm not going to see you, and I'm just getting the news. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to miss you. you know? yeah. I know you're not going to know. And so it was that kind of thing. I want to show you this guy scene. Uh, Karen. Again, Karen mentioned this um, when Brian and, or when David and uh, Dylan have a moment, that an unexpected moment. So what are you doing, man? We're about to get drunk. You want to join us? Hey, didn't you have something that you had to do? Yeah, well, I got him to postpone the session because my head wasn't really into it. Well, I hope you didn't do that on my account. Especially since you and I have nothing to say to one another. Listen, we've never really been too close. Here it comes. I've always liked you. I've always respected you. And I guess the fact is, uh, you just don't really like me too much. 
David, the fact is I don't really know you that well. Yeah, well, that's just it. I suddenly feel like I know you more than anybody. Would you get rid of this yet? Huh? Listen, man, it wasn't my father. But I was in the room when Scott accidentally blew himself away. And I know how I felt afterwards. It's like a bad nightmare you can't really wake up from. You can't do anything to get him back. I wanted to run away and get high or something, but the problem is... Can't run away from what's in your head. I know. I know. You wanna go outside, get some air? Really nice stuff between the two actors. Karen, uh, do you remember writing that scene with Brian? And do you guys remember when that decision was made? Like, oh, this would be perfect, a perfect spot for Brian? I don't really remember, but I'm sure it was in the outline, in the outline, uh, um, you know, stage, because that's how Charles' mind works. And he tries <laughs> to think, if, what can it? What can, a, what can a scene accomplish, A, B, and C, that the scene can accomplish? And, you know, so... Uh, and you know, he, was always and that he was like the least likely. That's why he would come in and that he would pull that out. And even something that, you know, Dylan then has to acknowledge that you have gone through what I've gone through. But it's, my experience uh, watching it from, from 30 years ago is that, wow, great. Point, and I'm sure I had the exact same reaction when we said this is what he's going to be saying. You know, I, I'm sure I had the same reaction. Ooh, that works. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, you get a little jib, a little, you get a little tug, and you go, okay, you feel it. They're yeah. gonna feel it. You know, Charles. Uh, Tim West is asking this question. He's wrote it ten times in the thing, so I'm going to let him ask it. It's oh, a very long-winded question, and it has really nothing to do with this episode, but it's a good one. I have a question. There's been such a debate in my home for years. In the episode, The Dreams of Dylan McKay, was Dylan's dad there in real life? I say he was. Just about everyone in the room was in Dylan's dream. The scene at the end when Dylan looks up and sees his dad is my all-time favorite scene. Too. I've read if Luke Perry would have stayed for season six, it would have been revealed that Dylan's dad was, in fact, alive, as we saw in season 10. So was that scene meant to set that up? I'm gonna. He asked it so many times. Persistence pays off here in this. Uh... <laughs> what we did in the dreams of Dylan McKay to pick up season ten? No, uh, no, no. In, in the child is father to the man. No, he's saying well, he had I, dreams. I think he's saying in the dreams of Dylan McKay, were you intending to in, imply yeah, that he was, was, still, in, was in, still alive? No. Okay. It was, it was a spiritual thing. It was, you know, it was. It was a battle for for Dylan's soul, and yeah. uh, you know, cover that some other time. Going, come on, go to the light, yeah. go to the light, okay. and then you know, there's the father and the and the little girl's voice going, "Help me, Dylan! Help me, Dylan!" So yes. you know, okay. so was, he asked uh, it so many times. So episode. One, I love that uh, one, but different. We'll cover that some other time, Tim. But other time. Good question, and I'm happy to have help as always here. Uh, but the other thing you guys mentioned was the difference. Don't, bill, don't bully Pete. All right. The thing about uh, Brenda and Kelly, Brenda seems to get everything right, and Kelly can't seem to get anything right. So here's a scene with uh, here's the one I think that uh, the Brenda Dylan contingency absolutely loves. This is the proof that Brenda and Dylan are meant are meant to be together. That is their opinion. That is, I didn't say that's my opinion. I'm just saying, generally speaking, that's an opinion that people have. threw away all my stuff, huh? You took down all the pictures? No, they're just packed away in a box in the garage. Out of sight, out of mind. Dylan, you've never been out of my mind. Brown, if this hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't be welcome here. Dylan, you and Kelly hurt me pretty badly. But it's nothing compared to what you're going through. And in the grand scheme of things, you'll look back years from now and I'll just be a girl you knew in high school. No, you won't. No, you won't, Brad. 
Beautiful stuff with Shannon. I, you know, listen, we talked about this. She is an incredible actress. And the work that she did here with Luke is, it's it's authentic, it's genuine, it's real, it's it's fantastic. Charles, do you want to say anything about the work that Shannon did in these scenes? Well, you know, it was, um, it was really showed there was, you know this bond, and and we had. Uh, I think I think the super fans know this. You know we had um, when we presented the arc of the Kelly Brenda Dylan triangle. Uh, this was the time that was going to pivot, and Dylan and Brenda were going to get back together. That's how we sold it, and real life didn't work that way. And uh, but we were right. We we had written it that way, and we had put. Together that way, and she carried it beautifully. And I think Karen, you know, you, you, it's that synergy with, with Valerie and, and Josh, no, and James because he's an actor too. He just sits in the director chair. All the right, day. he is a very he's good actor. actor. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is that uh, you know the idea that you you need the lines and then you need the and then the character, the actor, and then it can it, something can happen. Yeah. Sure. Do you remember directing uh, Shannon? Sure. Shannon was a wonder is is a wonderful actress. She she was born to be an actress. I mean, she was an actress when she was five years old. Mm. She she understood the craft of acting wonderfully. Um, a lot of times, Shannon's personal stuff got in the way of relationships with her when you work with her. But she was a wonderful and remains a wonderful actress. I I don't know. I guess I heard she was sick or something now. Yeah, she's very to hear yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at you. Got to watch this work. I mean, the work is so rich and so strong and so simple and honest. I mean, you can't. It, it there's not. It, it's it's extraordinary. And all these kids together. I mean, there was no artifice. The, Jenny and and Shannon and Luke and and even Jay. There was there was a kind of a wonderful simplicity about what they did. It was like perfect alchemy. When you guys threw all these stuff together in a pot, it mixed. It it, it worked. You know, it, it was it, you made gold out of out of out of lead. I mean, it was absolutely extraordinary. Um, yeah, Thanks again. You know, she was funny because all these guys, as I recall, were resistant to the ideas. You know, this is crap. This is, this is crap. This is what he's got a great memory. He knows. <laughs> that, that was that was the, that's the key to making films is to find that idea that an audience can relate relate to. You guys are still making these shows. There's people all over the world who really identified with this material and really yeah. felt the feelings that were happening on the screen. You don't do that for nonsense. You don't right. you don't carry that stuff in your heart for your whole life if it's nonsense, you know? That's true. One of these guys was somehow connected. And Shannon, I mean, she in a way was the avatar of the show. In the beginning, she she and Luke, they, they both would say, this is bullshit, this is crap, ah, this is bullshit. And they wanted to, you know, I don't know what they wanted to do, be Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. But the reality was that what they did was extraordinary. And they depends did. on the day. Some days Arnold Schwarzenegger, some days Ingmar Bergman. It just depended <laughs> on the day. <laughs> And they but were tough anyway. at, uh, they were tough on the writers. They were tough. Yeah. They said tough stuff sometimes, you know. But uh, mm. the show works like a million bucks, you guys. Thank you. Let's show Kelly or Jenny Jenny's character, Kelly, uh, not getting it right. Yeah. Hi. It's kind of weird being here, don't you think? It's all relative. It was weird being in that limo with Jack. It was weird at the hotel. It was weird on that boat. My whole life's been weird. Well, I really, I really like Jack, even though I didn't know him that well. Kelly, you knew him nearly as well as I did. And I didn't believe anything that they wrote in that article today. What article? The, the one in the newspaper. Hey, Brandon, you got today's newspaper? No, I think I threw it away. So what did it say, this article? He's a mobster, there's a liar and a cheat. Dylan, I'm sorry. Why? Did you write it? Oh boy. Uh, 
the debate, the debate is firing on here in the chat. <laughs> so <laughs> and those were the lines she the care the actress was told to <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, how about Josh? You got to know Jenny Garth really well. You did a lot of scenes with her. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what was that experience like working with her? Uh, yeah, I, I actually worked with Jenny uh, quite a bit. Uh, I enjoyed working with Jenny. She was always a, a pleasure. In fact, that, I've said many, many times over the years that that entire cast uh, was uh, I always had a good time. And I know Shannon had her difficulties from time to time, but any connection I had with her was always very pleasant and very professional and good. Um, but uh, no, Jenny, uh, she was uh, she and I were in a lot of scenes together, and uh, she was a pleasure to work with. And and watching those two shows together, uh, you forget just how damn good they all were. Her mm. uh, very much included. And like Jim said, there was a there was a definite. You just felt that they knew each other. They were friends. They lived oh, this time. Yeah. Well, that's the fun of look, going back and for us mm -hmm. going back and looking at these shows is because they hold. It's thirty years ago, twenty five years ago. They hold up. Yes. And, it, right. yeah. and you see the work that wasn't really thought of at the time. And and by the way, though, I will say this about Childhood's Father is the Man. It is the only time, my five years, that the spelling company actually put out a. VHS screener of this episode. They did it right at the end, so it you know, no change. The Emmys, you mean yeah. for the Emmy Awards? Yeah, because this was Emmy caliber work for, for sure. At that yeah, point. I think spelling but spelling was pretty good at casting. Spelling was had a real eye for casting. I don't know how it worked on that show, but whoever put yeah. those people in the show. This, this the Mister. No, he came in. Well, Luke was a no. We've talked about it. I mean, there was, he, he had to. There was a scene that nobody was getting right, and he got in, and he got it perfect ten, and there was no question he was the guy. Right. Um, uh, I want to ask Valerie about working with Jenny Garth. Good experiences, yes. Uh oh. We can't hear you, Valerie. Are you on? Is she muted? No, I don't know. Just can't hear her. Uh oh. It happens from time to time here. Let me let me shift gears. Karen, you you mentioned this on the um, oh, I think we talked about this on the watch along. Being the new girlfriend of someone whose father just died could be awkward. I cannot imagine what to say or be in that situation, especially in high school. Then throw in the ex girlfriend's family. Just don't know what to do. So we kind of talked a little bit about Kelly's perspective. Um, was it important that you wrote it that way? Her perspective. You mean uh, that she didn't know what to say or do? That's yeah. the common reaction. I mean, that's, you know, someone has to, you know, have, and it, it would be more noticeable and more able to integrate if it's the most important person who should know, or, you know, who the yes. bereaved person would love to receive comfort from. But none of us know what to say or do. It's a, it's the worst position to be in yes. uh, when someone you love loses someone very close to them. It's just a, it's a, you know, you can't really do anything but stand there. But she, you know, she was young and she didn't know. And as Chuck said, if if it was going to be a pivot at that point to back to Brenda, um, you know, that could have been a reason sort of, you know, the, it, these things are very lasting. How people act at people's funerals makes a big impression on people sometimes, you know. Zara says Josh and Val are legends. Um, I was just going to say, I... I the line when uh, that Dylan says when after he finds out the truth about being undercover and when he sees a reporter and he said, you can write down, I love my dad. And he died, you know, something to that effect. And I, I didn't, I'd forgotten that. And, uh, and I thought that kind of, first of all, got me. I was glad it was in there. <laughs> it also kind of set up where we intended to go. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of tied it back in that we both had gotten very close to each other. And I, I thought that I appreciate it. Beautiful stuff. Um, I want to show this a bunch of things that happened here. This is the Alvaro Street. This is some of that stuff. This is uh, Christine. And the, the right. Reveal. And let me set that up, Jimmy. You, you, we had just never, I just always loved how you filmed down there in Alvaro Street, the, the, the sequence we're going to watch now. That you know, again, something out, out of our comfort zone, 
and yet something that really felt like he was there. And he and Luke loved to wear those long raincoat, trench coat kind yeah, of yeah. things. <laughs> and uh, just love how it was all staged. And being like you, a native Angelino, I really enjoyed uh, getting to go back to the oldest part of the city. For people that don't know, that's a that was a, that Olvera Street is where a lot of school classrooms would go on a field trip to visit it. Oh, no way. Um, yeah. I'm going to show it just to warn everybody. I, I trimmed it up a little bit. Otherwise, we would have been here for four or five minutes. So here, here, <laughs> is, here is this. This conversation never took place. So what is it? You want to ask me about my dad's mob ties? Is that it? Let me tell you, you picked a damn bad day for it. No, Dylan. That's not it. What, they drug you down here too? Not exactly. I work with these guys. Did your father? So, when you agreed to marry Jack, was that just part of the game, too? No, it wasn't. I mean, they do have rules about that kind of thing. Frat is yes, they do. That's why I was going to resign. Sometimes we fall in love with the wrong people, Dylan. So you don't have to resign now. find a way to go on without him. That's what you've got to do, too, Dylan. Oh, good. You got back in time. Perfect timing, Valerie. So I I have a question. I, I still don't hear that. Valerie, though. Are you? Yeah, can you talk, Valerie? You, are you? No, I don't hear you. Sorry. No. Oh. When he proposed to when Josh proposed to Valerie, when dad proposed to her at the boat, yep, mm -hmm. right in the dead, in the dead end, and she looks so happy, right? Is she at that point? Did she know what was gonna happen? Mm. I was wondering. Oh, did Valerie know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover hadn't called her yet. Like, oh, the actress did call her, so maybe she didn't know, you know? I just realized that, actually, right now. What do you mean he's going to be blown up in the, in the next act? I would have she didn't know. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, it's one of those. Now, one thing we did That's think also. question. That's what they call it, the icebox. You don't think of that till after the show's over and you go to the... Yeah, you ever heard that expression, Jamie? Icebox? That comes from Grant Tinker, one of the legendary executives of sure. broadcast television. MTM, the Mary Tyler Moore, that was his company along with his ex-wife, Mary Tyler Moore. And that was what he would tell. And I got to work for them a few times. And he they, that's what was the mantra. You can put something in and it goes back to radio. That's why it's called the icebox. Not the refrigerator. Oh, I didn't know I, that. When the show over, that's a great thing to know. For the fans to realize that when you see, you don't notice it in the moment. It's like in Terminator. You know, wait a minute. He can't be really alive. How could that have happened? The writer knows that there was a shortcut made, but by that point, you're watching end credits. Right. And, and you're going to get the ice cream, and then and you go get the ice cream, cream, and you say, "Wait a minute, what happened?" Yeah. yeah, you're doing that. I'm taking a plane to Cabo. You know that. Right. Right. Jim, Jim says the FBI muted her, so. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted you okay, to. Okay, Valerie. No. 
Maybe she has her mute button on. Yes, no, I, it's not mute. There I you go. Oh. You can't hear me, but I'm okay. No, we can hear you now. Now we can hear you. Now we can hear you. So, so go. All right, we can hear you. Yes, I did know, and I, I did know. Uh, I had found out on the way to the set. I got a call from <laughs> Mr. Hoover over there, Chuck Rosen. Oh no, she's gone again. Tough. Chrome. It's hard. Well, Chrome. Um, oh, no Chrome? No Chrome. So oh, well, I wanted to important. James about shooting in, uh, shooting those scenes of Dylan or Luke walking into the uh, to the warehouse and all of that. What we, I, I, as I recall, it was a choice we made. I made because I thought it would be interesting. I, I also was made aware that, that, that you guys didn't do that kind of stuff too often go to those places and we ended up putting them in the room where valerie and and the agents were which was pretty a, a pretty nasty funky room off the parking lots over there uh off of Oliver street and they had to clean the room up they were they said we don't come to places like this on, on 902 and all this is just much too too vile but the reality was it was a good spot and it felt good and uh i thought it the you know la is a mexican town you guys la is a mexican town in my opinion and it, every time you can you can mix that in it's it's always mm -hmm. very good I like El Pueblo, that. El Pueblo. That's right. It, it, it's it, it, it was wonderful that way you guys mixed it and the, 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 the sound mix was very good. I want to say I hadn't watched that show and the, I love that caught me in him walking yeah, down yeah. that area and then walking in and mm -hmm. took me totally by surprise what was coming. In. And this one with the underscore, I, I want to give props to the. Uh, the composer Gary Stephen Scott. We're going to have him on one of these times behind, the payroll, behind yeah. the payroll, really to talk about doing music for our yeah. show. So right. I'm happy we connected with him. Valerie, how are you doing with the audio? How does it? Can you Perfect. hear me now? Yeah. Yes. So you didn't. Oh, thank God. So you okay. did know Hi. on your way to set. I I did know. I on the way to the set, I got a call from Chuck and said that. Two things, that I was an FBI agent, which I did not know, and also that Jack may or may not, not be dead. And I literally had to just hold it together and not drive off the highway. And so that made those scenes even more precious. Uh, if you've ever been with a loved one that you know is dying, you're so awake and so present to every mm. precious moment that I felt things even more intensely. Like, what if this really is the last time? What if this isn't? And I, I really felt um, the the feelings that you saw were real. I felt that uh, I had just been proposed to by the love of my life, and. Uh, Anyway, Josh, you made that easy as well. And back to what you were asking about Jenny, she was so relaxed and calm and natural. Um, I, I almost felt this affinity, almost like this motherliness to her. And uh, I just felt that from the moment that we met. Uh, 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 she was just so open and such a joy. And, and, her, and she's, you can see it on camera. She. Oh, that's okay. the answer to that. Um, okay. And I think that you all on the set made us all feel so safe and so loved and so respected mm -hmm. uh, as people and as actors that I think it was so much uh, easier just to be, uh, as, as James so, so beautifully put, just relax and breathe and be present. And you allowed that to happen and i thank you for that all of you i want to share one more last clip this is luke uh when he finally sees uh the 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 inner the inner child hey turn the volume that's fine with me but i'm not going to shut up and you go to a liquor store and we get plastered no i want to hear it this is not the bellas hotel it's not rio or paris i'm not 13 years old anymore i'll be damned if i'm gonna do a broken record for the rest of my life Okay, here it comes once and for all, all right? We are going to get through this, and I do not want to drink.
the first time I've let go of you like a child letting go of his kind. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Both those scenes. Uh, James, yeah. you remember the kid and 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 doing that stuff? And what was that like to shoot? It's so it's so far in the past. The kid was exquisite. He was exquisite. I don't know anything about that kid. I I, I forgot he was in the show until I saw it today. That, he he was absolutely delicious. That kid. Right. Yeah. I mean, what the look he gave Luke. And, you know, I'll tell you what. I wish I had done. I wish I had helped Luke with that scene in the car a little bit. Luke had a tendency to want to yell. Yes, you know, I, I don't know how you are, Josh. I like to yell. It doesn't work so much. It's better if I could have gotten Luke to just friggin' take that inside. It would have been an extraordinary moment. Can we go back and shoot that again, Chuck? Time <laughs> <laughs> machine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, get it, I'll get it on the books. I'll get it on the books. Maybe in another. You have to go to another. You probably agree with you. I totally agree with you. But we'll go for it, dude. Yeah. The kid was exquisite, and the choice to use him just at the end was brilliant. So yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was really, it, you know, these guys were pretty stumbled on that one. Nice stuff, guys. Um, listen, I think, Josh, I got to tell you, every time I see you, when either way, we're doing one of these or we're, I just get so emotional. And I don't know if it's because of, you know, I don't know what that is. Maybe I should talk to Carol Potter and have her you know, <laughs> analyze me. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's because of the work that you did all those years ago and how you brought all of us. We talked about super fans before. I'm a super fan. So when I watched your work in those scenes and the take me out to the ball game and then knowing what happens to your character, I think we feel all of it over and over again every time we watch the series. Um, and so even seeing you now, I just get like, I don't know, I get emotional and not just such a beautiful actor and performer. And uh, thank you so much for what you did, man. I cannot thank you enough for what you did for this project and and James as well, man, the direction this stuff. This is the stuff that just absolutely, you know, touched all of our hearts and brought 90210 to something so much deeper than what we even thought it was. And Valerie, of course, you as well, you know, just incredible work and just love it. And Charles and Karen, talk about defining a series in a moment. This is <laughs> brilliant stuff, guys. Nice. Hey, can we just stay right here and not go yeah, forward? Yeah, we just come back, get more praise. Everything's good. That's good. But hey. without writers, we got nothing, guys. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that is bad. That is well, bad. I want a copy of this for my kids. I want a copy. <laughs> no, seriously, I've seen that film before. Because we've seen shows where they've got great cast, great cast. If it's not on the page. It's not well. We, we actually did some, you know, we did we did a year end uh, one of these podcasts, like greatest hits kind of thing. And one of the categories was they like us, and people would say nice things yeah. about this person involved in the show with this person or how they were treated because we tried. I was. I want to share one more thing too with you, Josh. That I'm friends with uh, one of Luke's friends, Rory Carp. He's been on the show a couple of times, and um, he would never talk about nine hundred two and zero with Rory because he just didn't love talking about it. But the one thing that he did tell Rory was how much he loved Josh Taylor and working with him. So uh -huh. that is that is <laughs> an impression that you left on Luke Perry as well. All these years later, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. I think we rock this. Uh, yeah, this thank you, everybody. So, yeah. Okay. Josh, Valerie, thanks for coming. Mr. Whitmore, really fun to see you, my friend. Yes. Nice to see you all. We will be back with all of you. covering all things Celeste with Jennifer Grant. So uh, tune in for that one. It's going to be a blast. All right, guys. Thank you so much thank for coming in this week. And, uh, Bye, everybody. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Nice Great to see you. Place. Thanks.